Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Heathers. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. It's Patty Johnston. Hello. How's it going? Yes, not too bad, thank you. I enjoyed that little musical interlude. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I like to think that's, that I'm very musical. You know, that any, any noise that I make can come out in a musical style, you know? Even if it's just a little bit of kind of Zoidberg-esque noise. I can do... Because, you know, when you yeah. have a baby, this is the kind of thing that you do all the time. Like, uh, always talking to my son and just making noises at him because, you know, he doesn't understand regular human speech. So you talk to them because that's how they develop their speech. But you also just make random noises at them. And that's one of the most fun things about having a baby, actually. Did you see the Muppet movie that came out in 2011? Have I talked I about not, this already? No. I think he might have talked about it already, <laughs> but I, I, I haven't seen that. I've heard it's very, very good. It is very, very good. It's kind of the perfect reboot. It trades perfectly on the nostalgia of the like kind of original Muppets because it's like it has like it basically takes a guy who's like a new Muppet and he's like a fan of the original Muppets and they are not really around anymore. But he goes on a journey to reunite them for a show. And anyway, in the the show that's um there, they did put on like a variety show to raise the money to buy back the theater or whatever from an evil guy called Tex Richmond. And um, the one of the acts in the variety show is all the chickens um, doing "Forget You" by CeeLo Green. So it's literally just chickens going, and he loves it. It's like <laughs> one of his favorite songs. So you know, sometimes when I just think, "Oh, what am I going to sing to him?" You'll just hear me just going and like making chicken noises at my son. So I hope he doesn't turn into a chicken. <laughs> well, that, you know, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Yeah, it it happens a lot, doesn't it? Especially these days. Yes, it does. It does. Mostly because of KFC, KFC right? Yeah, it's all of the KFC, um, all of the delicious Kentucky friedness of it. There's actually a secret part of that formula that turns people into chickens. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, you know, your your parents say, "Oh, if you eat too much of that, you'll turn into it," or whatever. It's kind of a, a stupid thing that they say, but actually, the root of that, you know, there's no smoke for that without fire. In this case, del- <laughs> delicious, you know, wood smoke barbecue chicken or whatever. But like, you know, the reason people say that is because too much KFC does literally turn you into a chicken. And what do you think popcorn chicken's made out of? It's not regular chickens. It's man chicken. Yeah. <laughs> man chicken. <laughs> that sounds very bad. <laughs> it does. You know, you know the term that people use for, for cannibalizing human flesh? Cannibalism? Uh, long pig. That is a oh, word yes, for, yes. for human meat. Which I was thinking just, of the band, the uh, the Fine Young Cannibals, but then there's also a band called The Long Pigs as well. There is a band called The Long Pigs. They're, have they ever toured together? They really should have done, shouldn't they? Yeah. I, I don't know if... Did, did Long Pigs release more than that one album? Because that one album is really good. I honestly could not tell you. Um, the Sun uh, Is Off and Out is a super duper Britpop album, if any of you are into that kind of indie jangly pop i don't want to google um, long pig in case like <laughs> my internet service provider thinks i'm a cannibal and sends some people around my house they may well do mightn't they yeah yeah they're really good they might have more stuff but go check out the sun is off and out by long pigs yeah. oh of course some um, richard hawley was a member of the long pigs mm-hmm. yeah i forgot about that they are super awesome slash were super awesome i don't know i doubt they're still playing they're not, they are not i can no. tell you but yeah, the long pig, disgusting word. Though. That is, it, that it, is it, such a horrid word. It's a really horrible word. Before you even know what the connotations are, um, it's a bad word. Yeah, there's no way that could be a good word if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you think about pigs. Pig, yeah. Pigs are okay. Pigs can even be cute when they're small, don't they? I've seen some cute pigs in my time. Mm, but, but a long pig, nobody wants a long pig. No. 
No. Uh, if it's a like a, a giant sow, that's going to be like absolutely beastly and horrible. But if it's like a long baby pig or even a male pig, yeah, it's just wrong. It's like a sausage dog that got stretched out too far. With a snout, yeah. Yeah, nobody wants that. That's your long pig. And that always <laughs> just sounds like a euphemism. Hey, how's your long pig doing? <laughs> how's, how's your long pig hanging? <laughs> yeah, how's the snout? <laughs> uh, we've got off to, on a highbrow level today. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, or a long brow level. See, why do they say high and low instead of long and short? Yeah, exactly. Long brow, short brow. Short brow. Which could, you know, refer to Christian Slater's eyebrows in the film Heather, which Heather's even, not just Heather, Heather's. <laughs> that, that was the prequel, wasn't it? Heather. Yeah, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Like Alien and Aliens. Exactly. <laughs> there was exactly. one Heather. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm just losing my mind. It's basically, because I work from home on Fridays, recording on Thursday night, it feels like the weekend to me, even though I technically have to work tomorrow. It's just a lot nicer not having to go into the office, especially as I broke a toe on Monday. Oh, so, no. Yeah, you ever broken a toe? Uh, not knowingly. It's only my little toe. So it's like, it's not bad enough that I have to stay home. Like, you know, I could fuss around, but I had loads of meetings and stuff, so I've been going into work. And, like, it's hurts to walk on it but there's nothing much you can really do about it so it's just like you have to get through it but i'm looking forward to not having to walk around tomorrow yay that will be nice <laughs> yeah i just I, it, it wasn't even like a cool accident or anything i just like bumped it in the night while i was changing my son oh dear yeah that is uh, you could make up a cool story though i, I could I you could. were skateboarding I, I, yeah i was skateboarding like a rad dude you, and as you were shouting, radical! Yeah, you're, you're radical jokes! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or that, like, you know, I was chasing a tiger and I tripped over or something. Yeah. Everyone the, thinks that I did it playing baseball. The tiger caught you by the toe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a, that's... In a strange <laughs> turnaround of events. Yeah. The dog bites the man. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. So at, at the very least, have you been given the ability to just wheel around the office in a wheelie chair? No, I should have done that, actually. I, well, I sit in a wheelie chair, so I should have just wheeled everywhere. I don't know why yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, and, and then do that thing where it looks like you're rowing, but you're just wheeling along in your chair. <laughs> exactly. Which I used to do at school quite a lot. Or get a broom and just push yourself along with the broom. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then if anyone annoys me, I'll go up to them and be like, I'm going to give you the broom. <laughs> like in peep show <laughs> through the letterbox i'm gonna yeah. give you the broom gonna jeremy give you the broom. i'm gonna broom you <laughs> which also sounds sounds very wrong and bad. it does yeah long, long pigs pig, brooms broom. long broom <laughs> everyone wants pig. the long broom also when i remember when we did back on episode 19 which is about the film the room the file name for when you sent me over your recording was the broom I know, it was back so in there the, you go. back in the highbrow days. <laughs> yeah. Now oh. it is just obscene messages. <laughs> Before we descended into just a podcast that would have been banned under the Obscenity Act some <laughs> some thirty odd years ago. Yeah, I did to th- I did to think what the people spying on us think of the file names that I send you. Yeah, there would definitely be a moral panic if they saw if they were to see all of those. <laughs> they would. They'd be they'd get the smelling salts out. There'd be a campaign against us. People people would be clutching their pearls. They sure. would indeed. They would. Pearls clutched. <laughs> so how's your how's your week going? Have you oh, bro- broken is... any bones? I, I haven't broken any bones. I've just broken my mind. It is a a oh, long no. week that I'm looking forward to ending. It's yeah, it has been a, it is a it is a trying time in the life of Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it because of the long pigs next door? It is because of the long pigs. There's long pigs everywhere, and they're they're in their trough, just being long, long awful. pigs, gobshites, and poldark. <laughs> That's and, your life. And Churchill. And Churchill. Yeah, I haven't had too many responses to the fact that we accused Winston. Or I, I specifically. <laughs> yeah, accused, come on here, Paddy. You accused Winston Churchill of bestiality <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> People seem to be digging it. So I'm glad. I'm I, st- glad. I stand by what I said. I still, I still do not want to be part of this inevitable lawsuit. Um, yeah. So I, I will let you take all of the kudos for that one. 
as soon as our new prime minister Boris Johnson finds out about this, he's going to be furious. And he's he going will to expend be. all of all of his energy on discrediting us instead of stopping a no deal Brexit. Exactly, um, Boris Johnson, renowned Kipper lover. Kipper being the dog from the children's books. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so he made some stupid comments about Kippers and how it's the EU's fault. Blah blah blah. Um, oh, I, I I totally missed this. What was the so deal? so? He was doing a speech and he got out a kipper and started waving it around because, of course, he did. Um, and that he sounds was, like totally normal, you know. Just and he the was kind of thing that a totally normal <laughs> prime minister of a totally normal country would do. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and then he was going on about how because of EU regulations, these smoked fish that are totally fine have to be transported in in cool plastic wrapped stuff which is inefficient and boo to bureaucracy and boo to health and safety um and then a couple of hours later it was found out that a it's not an eu rule it's a british rule um (laughs) b actually it's a really good thing because otherwise there's the potential for it to carry listeria so shut the fuck up you idiots Um, there have been very few instances where health and safety rules have been deliberately difficult for no good reason. The perfect example of that is where um, I think it was in the UK again, where people were like, yeah, we're going to eat unpasteurized cheese. And then all of yeah. them got sick. <laughs> I drink unpasteurized milk. Yeah. And, and hey, guys, you know, sometimes these things are in place not because of evil European overlords trying to stop you from having a good time, but because otherwise you're so unbelievably stupid that you're probably going to kill yourselves. Yeah. It reminds me of the favourite joke about libertarian libertarianism, which is, isn't it, that, like, oh, Ayn Rand and two other famous libertarians of whom I can't think of any because they're all rubbish. Um, they, all, they all go into a bar because there are no regulations. The bartender serves them tainted alcohol and they die. I mean that that is hilarious. <laughs> That's my favourite. More like Ein Brand. Ein Brand. Isn't that the German for the brand there? <laughs> <laughs> it says Ein Bart Ein. <laughs> and Bart. And uh, <laughs> Um so so we we've talked about people foolishly killing themselves which ties yeah, in was, quite that was nicely. Be my segue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ties in quite nicely to Heathers. Um, yeah. The funniest not, not movie, Heather, Heather's. the funniest movie about murder and suicide. Yeah, hilarious movie. Although I, I don't know that I found it all that funny. Did you? I found. I think it's an interesting film um, because because Heather's is the deliberate satire of the kind of eighties movies that came before it, and in fact ends up being a really good satire of the kind of high school movies that came after it. Yeah, I think in a way from that point of view it's actually almost like it's a bit too knowing and a bit too it trying too hard to be satirical because like I, I realized i thought i'd never seen it before but i realized i actually tried to watch it once before and couldn't get through it because it's just tonally very strange and i think it it's sort of it's billed as a dark comedy and a satire or whatever but the mixture of um you know dark moments and comedy i didn't really work for me i think overall I, it was all right and i got what it was trying to do but yeah, I was. I would. I didn't really enjoy it. See, I I really enjoyed it until the serious end, and I think yeah, a movie like this needs to really double down on the satire and on the comedy and make a big end out of that. Like the perfect example of that is Four Lions, um, the very very funny movie about an suicide film. bombers. Um, where the whole end of that is a wonderful over-the-top farce, and they managed to create emotion out of it here and there, mm. which is which is very well done. Um, but it's always silly, and there's always that element and uh, element of silliness. Whereas here, I think the final half an hour, um, and it's been a very long time since I've watched this movie. Um, the final half hour, I think, kind of it's a little bit too serious and a little bit too earnest. Whereas I think if it had really maintained that dark comedy edge, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. And I still really enjoyed it, but I think it needed to continue being a satirical bastard in perpetuity. For sure. I think it's not silly enough. That's the thing. And we, we often accuse films of this, which is the thing that I, I have only sort of recently realized is that we often look at films and we're like, Oh, they're not funny enough. They're not goofy enough. But often, 
you think that just because sometimes films like try too hard to be funny and they end up being stupid because it's a really really fine line and a delicate balance but like there was there were a few lines in isolation that really made me like howl with laughter and then the rest of the time i was just like oh this is this is kind of a bit serious and a bit strange and yeah not goofy enough so yeah should, it just should have gone like really full-on slapstick and had yeah had a higher body count i think yeah i, I, d- I don't necessarily think that it had to have a a slapstick element to it um but there's this there's this definite switch up from the first half to the second half and the first half is almost like it's making a bold statement uh about sharp dialogue where the sharp dialogue here you probably wouldn't see again until about mean girls really yeah i do think you can trace a through line from this to films like mean girls just just those quick quips and those instantly quotable lines um every insult thrown at someone in this movie is very very funny yeah and and, and that's have an really open good. door policy on assholes though <laughs> <laughs> and my, all, my all, favorite one was when um they're talking about about what they're talking about i can't remember the context which says if you were happy every day of your life you wouldn't be a human being you'd be a game show host (laughs) exactly there's there's some really good lines in it and there are a lot of really good cuts as well um like really really good juxtapositions and bits where it just cuts to something really hilarious like there's a bit where they're talking about the double date they're going to go on with the two jock boys and they're like Oh, I really, really hope it doesn't end up with us like just getting wasted and get them taking us to a field to tip cows, and then it immediately cuts to them in a field with like cows mooing and them just standing there looking pissed off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 from a directorial standpoint, it's a very cleverly shot movie, and it's a very pretty movie at times as well. There's some really nice panoramas and things like that. Um, that that looks so out of place in a movie like this, where it almost feels like someone making a retro '80s movie in the modern it, it, day which is really great it does yeah um it's which like is it's really great time yeah everything from the soundtrack to the way it's filmed to the fashion it feels impossibly 1980s and and clearly that was by design because it is a movie that is supposed to be taking a knife to the side of the old traditional high school sort of comedy um and so yeah. it's clearly playing up to all of that a bit but it is a very well-crafted film from a technical standpoint at least yeah yeah for sure it looks good and it looks 80s in a way that knows that it is doing that which is definitely a a a, um a talent to be able to do that before you get to the point of nostalgia and there is so much nostalgia for the 80s which i think definitely colors our view of these kind of films especially that the 80s is the decade that the moment just seems to be the most eulogized on film so this film is actually yeah kind of doing that before it was a thing even exactly but at the same time it's doing it in a much more dangerous way um like i don't think there's many satirical movies that are quite as dangerous and forward-thinking as heather's is in such a way that you do wonder whether a similar movie would even be made these days Um, yeah because it is really towing the line between what's acceptable and what's not um in terms like, of sort of what you mean it talks it's not about. acceptable to stand up and go i love my gay son in church <laughs> <laughs> well all of all of I mean, those that sounds that sounds like a meme before memes even Ex- exactly exactly and and but but all of those sort of elements the way that it is really critical of that kind of high school culture and in a way therefore critical of uh us sort of societal culture in that way and how everyone has these little pockets um while at the same time pulling the rug from under the uh the fashionable outlaw character where that that person who in previous movies would have been a hero here is the absolute villain of the piece um is really clever it's a it it, and and all of that works very well and i just wish that i mean i still really enjoyed this movie i think i enjoyed it a lot more than you did um but i do wish that it had kept up that nastiness all the way through um but it doesn't it becomes a little bit earnest and movies like this they need to be very nasty and they need to be very funny yeah and it's like satire is not easy to do this is the thing if you go into something very very clearly trying to make it satirical um you often fall flat on your face actually don't you so you've got to admire it from that point of view 
in terms of its um, its ambition. It's more ambitious than I think is apparent from its its context and the way it looks. And actually, when you watch it, it doesn't look like a particularly ambitious film because it reads more like as a a teen movie almost. And beca- and the sort of the darkness and the strangeness of it, you're like this could also could maybe have just been written by some teenagers who wanted to put together like a weird high school film. But it's actually a lot more ambitious than that. Yeah, this, you know, now there's a musical, there was a apparently not very good TV show. Um, and then you've got stuff like Stranger Things, which is just like, hey, here's all your 80s stuff. Hey, look at the 80s. Yeah, here's well, Winona Ryder again. Yeah, and, 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 and we live in this world where, where everything of that era is instantly seen as this kind of marketable retro. Um, yeah, which has which, definitely st- begun to jump the, the synthesized shark, hasn't it? Yes, yeah. But Whereas, at the same time, we play in a like 80s throwback band, so we can't really say anything about that. Whereas movies, and, and, and the 80s, I think, it was an era where movies were really pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable and really seeing what they could get away with. And Heathers is the prime example of that. Um, you know, And you've got various other movies as well that were really pushing the boat out in, in ways that films beforehand hadn't ever done. Um, and it, and and so it's interesting to watch one of those movies and find one that does still feel fresh in that way. I suppose where there's moments in this where I'm just like, oh shit! And, and when and when the first um, the first murder suicide, I suppose, happens, and when that kind of kicks into gear, you're suddenly like, oh crap! Yeah, this is this movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one like, where it's it's because the point of it is that oh yeah, they they kill people and frame it to make it look like a suicide because those people are popular. Um, but then the suicide makes them more popular, but it becomes too on the nose. And it's like at one point she says, the um, the suicides just made them more popular. And actually, I think the way to make that really satirical is to genuinely go all in on the idea of the the people who have committed suicide, supposedly, or been murdered, just becoming really popular. Although the, they it does do that with a kind of gradual creep of stuff throughout the film. But it's, um, yeah, I think they, they just could have really gone more all in on that. Like, I don't know had the had the like dead bodies playing football and going to the prom like weekend of bernie's or something yeah, i should it... <laughs> not i should not be allowed to make films <laughs> well it, this movie should end right i i've thought up the way that this movie should end if you really wanted to have a big fuck you ending which which i always do which we we always want right so that so the real ending of heathers here we go this is how it ends uh monona rider successfully manages to stop uh jd uh, played by Christian Slater. Christian Slater in this movie is really good, by the way. Um, he has he, a really creepy face. He 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 manages to do that flip of uh, cool outcast to genuine psychopath incredibly well. Um, but so so she manages to stop him, and she's like, "Guys, get out of the get out of the hall. There's there's bombs that are about to go off. He's going to kill all of us." And and what this movie needs is for everyone in the school to decide. Now, actually, we're all right with that because that's going to make us super popular, and and to willingly then let JD blow them all up. Yes, that's the thing as well. Because at the end, then it like the last twenty minutes or so is literally just he's going to blow up the school. How do we foil this plot? Which could be any kind of teen action type type movie. Yes, yeah. So it is just them fighting in a boiler room. Um, whereas I think a movie like this, which does set out to do something intelligent, I think it deserved a more intelligent ending. And I think something where the whole school willingly did go along with the plan to kill themselves, I think would have been a real bold statement. Again, I don't know whether that movie could ever possibly get made, but that kind of thing would be a real sort of like sticking it, like twisting the knife in the audience. And And I like it when movies do that. And I think the end was just a little bit too safe. Yeah for sure i don't know whether they thought that would just kind of make it more marketable or more palatable or whatever but ah, they should have gone they should have gone mad with it yes yeah i i think go go proper mad with it have winona rider riding off on the back of the farting corpse of jd (laughs) that's what we want here yeah i can't believe it you know it took us until the release of swiss army man to get to, you know farting corpse content <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um but but what i what i really love about this movie um is the performances as well i think you know you, you've got veronica played by winona Ryder. winona Ryder, 
um, was told not to take this movie because they thought it would ruin her career. But wasn't she only like 17? Yeah, she. I think she'd done Beetlejuice before this and that was it or something like that or, or very few things before this. Um, and so they were like, oh no, we need to, you know, don't do this movie. That's a really bad idea. It's pre, pre Scissorhands. Uh, yes, Edward Scissorhands, I think, was 1990. And this pre-dep. was uh, yeah, pre Um So yeah, her, her big thing had been, um, had been Beetlejuice. Um, I've never seen Beetlejuice. Have you not? Oh, it's no. really good. It, it's a really funny movie. Scott. But I don't, I don't like Tim Tim Burton. I was about to say Tim Baldwin. <laughs> Tim Baldwin because it's got Alec Baldwin in it. But I'm looking at the cast, and it's a lot of people that I like. So. It's it's very very funny. Um, it steers away from the more maudlin elements of his films, right? Um, because Tim Burton Tim Burton was genuinely great, and and I will stand for his early movies. They've all got this brilliant undermining of the American dream, and this undermining of of particularly suburban american life and and that's a theme that runs through beetlejuice it runs through edward scissorhands um and and then he did you know the two most interesting batman movies i guess um as well so he did the the prince ones basically yeah, yeah. um which With are, bat dance which is the greatest song <laughs> which ever is written. the greatest song ever written about a batman, batman. um um and and yeah you know so so he's got all of these really really interesting movies early on in his career and and Beetlejuice really did set that marker in the ground of like oh this is really funny but it's also dark but it's also satirical and and yeah so I'd recommend I'd recommend watching Beetlejuice it's oh, it's very right. very good you'd you'd enjoy it I think oh cool I mean it's it's low down on my um my list Edward Scissorhands I can take it or leave it I think I watched it once and thought it was all right but. Yeah, I like a bit of Edward Scissorhands, mainly for the for the suburban setting. I think there's this great clash in that movie between the suburban and the gothic. Yeah, and the um, weirdness of that well. feels kind of more satirical than a, fil- a film like Heather's. Yes, yeah. Um, and again, Heather's is more sort of grounded in realism um, than than something like that. But I think it it could have gone further. I I I like it a lot, but I just wish it was more of what was good yeah i think um winona Ryder's performance is good but there are moments when she's kind of when she's doing the really emotional bits and like getting angry at him that actually she just seems kind of ridiculous and yeah you don't really believe it and that's again because it comes across as too earnest i think yeah having something that earnest in a movie like this kind of makes it less credible you know uh satire's work best when you are sucked into the world of the satire and 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 anything that kind of takes you out of that even a little bit kind of undermines the entire thing yeah definitely and i think i i went into this really really wanting to like it because it's an 80s cult film duh. so i think maybe actually my expectations were were a little bit too high almost yeah and and i think that's the kind of issue again is it's got this great revered status um and and you can you can kind of see why with heathers because it is a very clever movie um it did kind of break new ground as well which is definitely to be respected but you know people do love on things a little bit too much and and it's it's something that i've come to people just like stop liking things what is wrong with you i think it's it's a it's the difference between liking things and worshipping them and it's something yeah. that I've noticed has been getting a lot worse recently. Is people really so? Seem you're to... saying it's a problem with religion, <laughs> or the Heatherists? That all the to, Heatherists, yeah. they need they to announce their faith and read Richard Dawkins. Exactly, exactly. An extremely sane and normal man <laughs> who has seen a dog and bitch engaged in full sixty nine. <laughs> that he has apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah hey him and churchill would get on wouldn't they they, they'd love it they'd have great parties watching um nature movies together yeah Um, the discovery channel (laughs) um but yeah so so i feel like people they they put so much emotional attachment into into things now in terms of the things that they love and the fandoms that they're part of and it's more like just take a step back from it and you'll actually find that you enjoy things a lot more Yes, definitely. You know, just just try and be objective, I suppose. Or just just be 
chill about it. You know, it's not you're you're not married to Star Wars. It's, yeah. it's oh, not well, your... no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Well, yeah, exactly. Does Heather's have a, a stand community? Are we about to offend a community? Well, I rem- are we about to get emails? I remember somebody. I can't remember who. Someone wrote an article saying, "I just watched Heather's for the first time and I hate it." And it was clearly sort of, um, it's the kind of thing where a young writer had written something. Um, it was kind of a hot take, and Love it's me the some ki- hot take. It's the kind of thing where you'd really want an editor to step in and go, "Hey, we probably need to." change something about this um because it was quite apparent from reading it that the person hadn't quite understood that it was a satire and didn't quite understand the context behind it but the but and so it wasn't a so they just think it's a weird high school murder movie yeah and they thought oh it's really bad and it portrays suicide in a bad way blah 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 um that kind of thing whereas you know and, and and so it wasn't a particularly you know well thought out article but the worst thing about it was the backlash to it from heather's fans was was bizarre all these people going you don't get it you millennial <laughs> coming from other millennials as well as as a bit get off my lawn damn yeah, no, kids no one hates millennials like min- millennials yeah and and so, so so there is a heathers a strong heathers community which you're about to offend with your score i think i'm going to yeah. be safe in my, <laughs> you're uh, going to be safe i'm yeah. going to be safe because i do like this movie quite a lot um i mentioned but, another moment that i really liked which was the joke about the water bottle the, the mineral water where they're framing the two um the two jocks as having been um been gay and they they've got all the like oh, candy dish, Joan Crawford postcard, some mascara. Oh, and here's the mineral water. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, come on, people drink mineral water. It's come a long way." And then he's like, "Yeah, but this is Ohio. If you don't have a brewski in your hand, you might as well be wearing a dress." And then when the cops come, they they're like looking through all the stuff, and then one of them sees the bottle of mineral water, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I get it. They were gay." Yeah, it's like <laughs> that was a really really good like callback and really well timed. So. It shows there's real promise in there in the writing that actually the 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 dialogue and the script could have really really been hilarious if they tried to drop in loads and loads of gags as well. But I think it's yeah, it was an ambitious satire that just didn't quite get there. Yeah, and and for me, it just about gets there. It's just a shame about that ending. Um, whereas, yeah, I I do think that in particular that. Yeah, it's it's pretty much to the halfway point where, or, or maybe two thirds of the way through. Actually, it starts getting very, very dramatic after that, and pretty much everything before that point. It's very sharp and it's very well paced and it's very clever. Um, and yeah, so that that early section of the movie is is very, very well done, and I was a huge fan of it. So uh, I was just yeah reading here. It was. Just after Beetlejuice, Winona Ryder was 16. So, wow, when you think about that, it's very, very young to be acting in that kind of role. Yes, yeah. But, you know, American History X. Um, Edward Furlong was very young when he was in that. Uh, you know, kid kid actors, young actors, they are capable of, of taking on these roles. Um, and in fact, Edward Furlong, you know, a, a very um, sad sort of life for him, a career... Um, but he's just been announced as of this evening, he's going to be back in Terminator Dark Fate playing John Connor again, which might not mean anything to you, Paddy. Um, I, I've seen the first Terminator. Uh, have you seen the second Terminator, the the one that everybody likes? I think so, but not um, for a good 16 years, probably. So, so, uh, so yeah, Edward Furlong's the kid in that. And right. he, he hasn't been in anything sort of... Uh, terminator related since but they've announced that basically it's this big the new one's this big cast reunion and um james cameron's back as a producer and they're basically trying to rewrite the terminator ship after it's been not doing so well shall we say for about two decades um so yeah so it's in it's interesting yeah because there have been all those new new terminator films haven't there yeah and uh and no one really likes them, unfortunately. No. Um, but this new one's got a lot of promise, and people are quite excited about it. Cool. Sounds good. I was just looking at um, Daniel Waters, who wrote this, was also involved. He's got an interesting CV of lots of like flops and 
weird stuff. But he was involved in the film Hudson Hawk. Have you seen this? Yeah, that is a <laughs> that movie. This seems, man. I guess I hadn't even heard of it until I was looking through his filmography. But this seems like the kind of bullshit you'll have seen. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it, it was a disaster. Um, it's not as bad as people uh, make it out to be. Right. Um, but it is a it is a bit of a mess. Um, you know, the main character is called Hudson Hawk. Gotta love it. Um, that's, see, that's a good name. That's like a baseball name. Yeah. H- Mike Truck, Hudson Hawk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'd be, he'd be uh, batting fifth after Bob's and Doug Nutt. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that was the same director and writer. Right. Okay. And uh, and yeah, it's a, oh, we should watch Hudson Hawk sometime, man. I mean, it's got nothing romantic, really, yeah. to tie it to this podcast, but... Even just uh, reading reading the plot summary on Wikipedia is great. Throughout the adventure, Hudson is foiled in attempts to drink a cappuccino. It's, yeah, there's so many weird little things in it. Um, It's the kind of movie that just doesn't really exist anymore. That kind of of big, bloated, bizarre attempt at a huge blockbuster. And there are two Italian men called the Mario Brothers. (laughs) There's, There's also, is it Kit Kat and Snickers? Yeah, CIA agents Snickers, Kit Kat, Almond Joy, and Butterfinger. Oh, Butterfinger, yeah. Yeah, it is... Uh... Like, this sounds like a kid's film. Or at least like something that would be in cartoon film on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. It would be, it would be the follow-up to Rick and Morty, Hudson yeah, Hawk. But, you know, you're watching... You'd watch like five minutes of while you're up in the night and you can't sleep. You go downstairs to make a sandwich. You put the TV on that's on for five minutes and then you go back upstairs. Yeah, precisely. No offense um, to Aquatine Hunger Force, but that's how it is. <laughs> I love a bit of um, I love a bit of Adult Swim. When I, when I had very very bad insomnia, um, Adult Swim. It, it was Adult Swim and the uh, cartoons that showed late at night on MTV Two, and the comedy shows that showed late at night on MTV Two, like Wonder Shows and, and stuff oh, like Wonder that. Shows and is so yeah. good. Um. So- Wonder shows, and, Wonder shows, and for anyone who's not seen it, which you probably haven't, because I think it was made for two episodes, two series back in the the early two thousands, uh, and was only shown at like two in the morning in the UK. Um, it was like a, a adult version of um, Sesame Street, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Um, just had lots of really fucked up sketches yes yeah and and some of it was very very funny some of it was not so funny um but yeah (laughs) i I really enjoyed it um and i seem i seem to remember that the 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 um the dvd case for it um when you opened it up it had like a um a like you know how when you're a kid and you had those books that had the touch bits where it was fur Oh yeah, yeah. My son's got a bunch of those. Um, yeah, it had that. It had that. Apart from when you opened it up, <laughs> it was the guy's. It was the main character's ass or the main character's crotch or something like that. <laughs> um, oh. Which is genius. And and yeah, so that that's the kind of show it was. Um, yeah, yeah. That it was. It was. It was very very funny. Good times. So Daniel Waters apparently also wrote a film, wrote and directed a film called Sex and Death 101, Ooh. which also stars Winona Ryder and a man called Simon Baker, whose face looks vaguely familiar, but he just looks like an accountant on this movie poster. But it looks terrible. Ah, oh, okay. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll avoid that maybe. Yeah. Um, it's so, like most of his work is to be avoided. Um. So so the director. Um. Uh, of of Heather's, um, a fella, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I I just coughed. Fe- a fella called Michael Lehman. Um, he he's done some interesting stuff. So he's he's done a lot of television uh, recently. Uh, he has done the truth about cats and dogs. He has done the truth about cats and dogs. Has a great Dane on roller skates on the cover. So obviously is an amazing film. Uh, yes. Um, also Forty Days and Forty Nights, which is not an amazing film. But it has a very, very bad scene in it. That's a sex movie, right? It's it's it, um, Josh Hartnett's going forty days and forty nights without sexual pleasure. Oh, it's a no sex movie. It's a no sex movie. It's boring. A, 
it's a it's a vol cell, not incel movie. <laughs> vol um, cell. <laughs> Speaking of incels, can we just celebrate Alan Moore for a second? Not because he is <laughs> not because he is an incel. But because he he delivered a broadside to some incels, what was it he said? As as you know, I think his work is very very overrated. But I like I I like him as a person. But um yeah, he he had a little takedown of of Comicsgate today, on, which he sent to me. It was very very funny. Yes, yeah, he. Um, <laughs> let's find what he said. Actually, it it made me laugh quite a lot. Because he's announced that he's no longer going to be working on comic books. So this was made in the as a it was a fake letter that he put in the last ever episode, um, the last ever issue of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that he's worked on. Yeah, um, which is a, an interesting comic. It got turned into a very very bad movie. I don't know if you've ever seen the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen film. No, I I have not. Um, it it's, is it's Sean Connery in it. Yeah, Sean Connery's in it. Yeah. It's not good. I found it. It's like, is it one of these fake letters? Yes, yeah. So it's a yeah. fake letter. Dear Al and Kev, as a middle-aged conservative incel sitting wedged behind my keyboard, trolling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with my Batman t-shirt covered in Pringles, can I just ask with a straight face why you're leaving the comics business? Yours, Hiram J. Comicsgate III, Oklahoma, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part is Hiram. <laughs> such a, like, yeah out there name yeah yeah you can imagine that being a proper sort of middle america uh middle middle america name uh, proper, in, uh, proper biblical isn't it hiram yeah in riverdale um veronica lodge's dad is called hiram lodge ah okay there we go um <laughs> so so yeah that that's because because the comic skate bunch they're the kind of people that would think oh yeah alan moore's blatantly on our side yeah he he knows the truth man As he's not a, he's like he's kind of you know a bit of a conspiracy guy he's a bit wacky he's not afraid to say completely egregious strange things but no he's not on your side people almost as if they he, they hadn't they hadn't properly read anything he'd ever written and did not get the point of any of it whatsoever yes exactly Oh, apparently there's a Hudson Hawk NES game. So, yeah, I'm still, I'm, still on the Hudson, I'm still on the Hudson Hawk train. I have to find this game, Hudson Hawk NES. Yeah, as well, a fan you, of the you NES, can get it for your um, put it on your Raspberry Pi. I can. Let's let's see how beautiful this game is. Put put yeah. some gameplay footage of Hudson Hawk on the NES in the show notes, Paddy. I, I will. Oh my I'm... god, this does not look good. You you play a little fellow wandering around with some sunglasses on, and you push boxes. That sounds like my life. Uh, yep, definitely. You avoid security cameras because you're a thief. And oh man, this does this looks this looks really bad. I might have to play it. There are some screenshots of it that look like incredibly basic, even for an eight bit game. <laughs> Um, yeah, it must have come out relatively late in the console's life cycle as well, because it came out when, about 1990, 1991? Yeah, yeah. So, th- so this is in a post-Super Mario Brothers 3 um, universe. Oh, so good. Which, you know, it's quite something. Um, but yeah, uh, Hudson Hawkman, it's quite something. It's, it's, it's a classic. Looks like they also made it available for the Game Boy. Oh, those Game Boy ports of other games. Always yep. bad. That's, gotta, that's what I live for. <laughs> gotta love them. I know, I had my share. Oh, there, there is so much rubbish out there, isn't there? There is, there is. And you've got you've to gotta embrace the rubbish. Find some joy in it. Yeah, um, so it, it made it onto a list of the 20 worst, all-time worst NES games on Cracked.com. Uh, that you, you've got to trust cracked is yeah. a, a verified establishment of facts yeah um so so what have you got anything else to share about about heathers um no I, as i said again I, I think the performances are overall very good especially considering that a lot of the actors are very young um and it's it's very kind of deadpan as well so i think that that um almost doesn't help the satire because there are moments when satire you know is when something that is serious is made ridiculous and portrayed in a ridiculous way to ridicule it. But it's so deadpan that sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, as you said. 
But um, I just wanted to say the opening song, that K Sarah Sarah song, that's um, one of those songs that I like irrationally hate. And not as much as Old Lang Syne, but it's definitely up there. And I don't even really know why. I just hate it. So it didn't See, get off on the it didn't get off on a good start for me. <laughs> See, I don't like the normal song, but I do love the version of it that Liverpool fans sing about Steve Gerrard. Yeah, that's all right. Which is very very funny. Football chants are all good. Football chants are not all good. A lot of them are very bad, but Liverpool fans come up with some good ones. Um, and yeah, the the Steve Gerrard song. It it is a it is a good one. What do the, what what are the lyrics? Does it go Stephen Gerard Gerard? It does. Comes? It does. It goes Steve Gerard Gerard. He hits the ball forty yards. He's big and he's fucking hard. Steve <laughs> Gerard Gerard. <laughs> uh, you know I don't like football, but I do enjoy football chants. Your team That's is the... no good. Your team, Your team is, is no good today. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing that is absent from baseball is the chanting. It's true, yeah. And no one really chants, do they? No. Wait, you is it? Can pitch that ball. It might be he passed the ball 40 yards, not he hits the ball 40 yards. But you get the general gist. The most important yeah. part is you don't, that... You don't hit the ball in, in football, or at least I got told off for doing that. So You're just hitting it with yeah, a stick, yeah, with your yeah, broom. With got your broom, broom out. I came in there and I'm like, I'm going to give the ball the broom. And everyone's like, oh, jeez, get that guy off the pitch. <laughs> The, the, the most Who let him hit her in again? But the most important thing to take away from the Stephen Gerrard song is that he's big and he's fucking hard. Yeah. You know, that's what you've got to take away from it. Which is true. Which is true. It is true. Verified. But yeah, and um, recently there was an advert on TV. I can't even remember what it was for, but it had Idris Elba singing that song, except it was like a child's voice singing it. So, you know, and it's like his lips were moving, but a child's voice was coming out. And, and that always creeps me out and I hate it. Like those Haribo adverts, you know, where they have like kids voices on. Oh, yeah, I don't like that. What do you think is it. worse? Do you think it's worse that way around? Or do you think it's worse when a kid suddenly has a human's voice? Uh, a human's voice? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about my son? Uh, reptilian. That's what I'm saying. Um <laughs> Uh, has an adult's voice particularly when it's singing so a kid suddenly has like barry white's voice yeah has, has that ever been done i can't think of any examples of that. i've definitely I... seen that somewhere uh, it was equally annoying maybe not as annoying but pretty annoying yeah no i think a kid having an adult's voice is creepy whereas an adult having a child's voice is just also creepy yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) listen i would have to have two two things side to side for a side a direct comparison listeners it's it's a dark night it's raining you have two alleyways both of them reach your house to go and have a nice cup of tea one of them has a adult with a child's voice the other has a child with an adult's voice. Specifically Barry White. Specifically Barry White. And he's all like, my darling, I can't get enough of you, babe. They will follow you down the alley, talking at you or singing at you. <laughs> Which alley do you choose? That is our question for you, listeners. Yep. One or the other. You can't turn around. Yeah. You can't turn around. You've got to choose one. You will get home. There's a a dog with a human voice behind you. Nobody wants that. Oh, no. No, you don't want that. Sorry, I mean a human with a dog's voice. (laughs) I think I could handle that. Yeah. There's a a guy there, and it's yours, Rob. Rob's behind you, and he's just barking. (laughs) I'm just going, Oh, not even barking. Just making that kind of low-level noise that dogs make. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then behind him is Winston Churchill, of course. Oh, God, no. So yeah, you can't turn around because you've got Rob and Churchill behind you. Oh, dear God, it's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's this is like the new version of the hundred duck-sized horses or one duck-sized <laughs> duck-sized Barry White. <laughs> Excellent. Or a bar- Barry White-sized duck. <laughs> oh, that is a terrifyingly <laughs> large duck. Yeah, because Barry White was quite broad. As he well. was a he was a pretty big fella. You know, yeah. he would be an ex. He would have been an excellent rugby player. Yeah, for sure. Or a, a DH in baseball. D. That's how it's pronounced. Just to let you know. Yeah, no, no, it's. Duh. 
Duh. <laughs> yeah. What position are you playing, Barry? Just duh. Duh. I'm doing tonight. <laughs> it's like in American football, it's a coup. A coup. A coup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, right. Okay. So Heather's. Anything else Heather's related? No, that's it. I just wanted to say that I hate that song. So not, <laughs> okay. a, good, not a good choice. <laughs> okay. Um. I have some quotes I'd like to share. Yes. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. <laughs> I knew you were going to go straight for that. That one. that made me laugh so much. Um, yeah. See, a lot of these things in isolation are quote. It is quotable for sure, and it's not faux quotable. Genuinely quotable. Yeah, there's that great um, back and forth between Veronica and her dad where she says, all we want is to be treated like human beings, not to be experimented on like guinea pigs or patronised like bunny rabbits. And then her dad says, I don't patronise bunny rabbits. Um, (laughs) um, Football season is over. Curse and Ram had nothing left to offer the school except date rapes and AIDS jokes. Um, there's, There's so much good stuff in here. There's so many like bits where you're like okay that's very funny how did they get away with putting it in a movie in the 1980s yeah um because it kind of flew under the radar at the time didn't it? yeah yeah which is which is great um are you ready for some trivia yeah to, to yep. round it off um so i'm, I'm going to ignore some of the more depressing trivia here and just focus on the fun stuff wait th- there's depressing trivia yes uh, uh so now that you've said that i want to know you don't have to focus on it but i want to know you want to know okay so uh so some depressing trivia for you um so two of the cast members died when they were young oh what um and and they were kind of uh similar to things that they said in the script so so uh the character peter was played by jeremy applegate and and when he's at the um when he's at the funeral he prays that he'll never commit suicide um and then he he did unfortunately uh take his own life um and then uh the the woman who played heather chandler the main heather um says did you have a brain tumor for breakfast and then she died of a brain tumor oh geez so yeah that's that's what i wasn't going to that's really bad uh yeah because i thought that that kind of chivalry is pretty well known about this movie so i thought you might have seen it already so i'm sorry for bumming you out that's okay it's not your fault you didn't make it happen it's true i did not make it happen (laughs) um uh, so so some funny stuff here so christian slater uh his performance was heavily inspired by jack nicholson uh he wrote a letter to nicholson asking him to watch the film but did not receive an answer (laughs) (laughs) jack nicholson is such an (laughs) asshole which is the most jack nicholson i think i think i've ever seen um, yeah. He seems like yeah, like that's that sounds very Jack Nicholson. It's like you know how Drill has that picture of Jack Nicholson. I like yeah. to imagine that it is actually him. Yes, yeah, so do I. Um, so uh, Heather Graham was offered the role of one of the Heathers, but her parents refused to let her take the role because <laughs> of the subject why. matter. <laughs> um, which which is great. <laughs> so uh uh apart from that veronica uh the role of veronica was meant for jennifer connelly but she turned it down how come um i don't know um and and finally the name heather is said 90 times throughout the film all right that's like a that's like the band heather 90 <laughs> exactly exactly um because so, you know, that's for blink blink 182 got their name how, what did they get that from then? It's the number of times that Al Pacino says fuck in Scarface. Oh, okay. I think it's fuck or it might be something else. Something equally pure. He does say the word but... blink an awful lot. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's blink. Say hello to my blinky friend. He yeah. says. <laughs> Famously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that is That is not true. Um, by the way, just in case you can't tell. <laughs> real film trivia. Real film trivia. Welcome um, to the real film trivia podcast. Yep, exactly. Um so so yeah, that that brings our trivia to the end. So so how are we gonna rate this? Um how how high is the body count of your teen angst? Obvious. Easy. Yeah. Bingo. So uh, for me it's gonna be very, very high because I like this movie. Um, I am going for a full-on 16. That's 16. That's that quite high for 16, you. 16 dead kids in my high school. Yeah, 
Yeah, you should have just blown it up, mate, to be honest. Really, I should have done. Should have got down the boiler room. Whereas maybe I should have done as well. There's 11 in mine. Okay, that's so not as still, bad as I thought. No, no. I, I still think overall, I'm glad that it exists. It's worth watching. It's interesting. Um, I probably won't watch it again. But it's it's a film that, um, you know, deserves its its place in culture, although it's a bit, a bit overhyped and is kind of maybe a bit stand too much. But I'm mainly just giving it a score above 10 so the stands don't come after me. Yeah, because they will. They'll be all like, yeah. kill yourself, Paddy. Yeah. And then I won't know if they really mean it or not because satire. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got next? All right. Well, this was a request from my dad. Um, we're going to be watching the film Ideal Home starring Paul, uh, Paul Rudd and Steve Coogan. You heard about this? Ah, that sounds familiar. It came out last year. It stars them as a um, a gay couple. Yeah, um, and yeah. he's and Coogan is a celebrity chef, and then a kid shows up who claims that he's their grandson. It looks really interesting and strange, and yeah, I, it could be good. Awesome! Looking forward to that. Yeah. So cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, there's nothing from me. Do you have oh, no, anything? I, I just wanted to say that I have managed to watch a little bit of the new series of Stranger Things. And actually, I was as I was watching Heather's, I was like, when can I stop this and get back to watching Winona Ryder in Stranger Things where she belongs? How dare you? <laughs> uh, because she's really good in that as well. But no, I'm on, I'm on episode three and I'm really enjoying it so far. So obviously don't, don't spoiler it for me because as, as we discussed last time, no spoilers. I'm, I'm a no spoilers guy now. But so far, I'm really enjoying it and it is good despite the... 80s nostalgia having jumped the shark yes yeah there, there's some there's some 80s stuff in there <laughs> there's, there's a you lot know, of 80s it's like set in the 80s and stuff when they had russians and demogorgons and whatever i i enjoyed it when you were done with it i want to have a more in-depth discussion so let me know when you finish. okay have you seen it all though? i have seen it all yes cool 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 oh and good news um quentin tarantino's retiring after his 10th film I think we knew that already, didn't we? <laughs> well, I didn't. Oh, okay. Until um, you told me today. Was it, did you tell me? <laughs> it wasn't me, no. No, someone else told me today, knowing that I hate Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> what, what annoys me is, there's one movie he should make, which would be awesome, which he's not going to make. Which Hudson is... Hawk 2. <laughs> exactly, we want Hudson Hawk 2. No, I want Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino is good at blood and spectacle. And you know what needs blood and spectacle? A big stupid fantasy movie like Conan the Barbarian. I want yeah. I want Quentin Tarantino to make a Conan movie. I would watch that, but he'd never do that. He wants to do You're something. Right. He wants to do something with gangsters or blah blah blah. That no. kind of sensibility, when applied to high fantasy, I think would work really well. Although I don't didn't necessarily work for Guy Ritchie, did it? No, but he. I suppose Guy Ritchie's more of the like. Co- cockney gangster bullshit guy isn't he yeah people very rarely get their heads caved in with hammers in in guy Ritchie movies um i I want a big bloody giant funny fantasy movie because you've got serious bloody fantasy like game of thrones but no i want stupid stuff i want someone punching a horse in the face and then cutting a guy's (laughs) arm off and then saying a witty one-liner but no you don't get that tarantino would be perfect for that but he's not going to do it he's going to do something else instead and i'm just like ugh, come on quentin Yep. Give me um, what I um, want and ignore before, the rest of the Before public. the guy punches the horse in the face, he says a really, really quotable, cool line that then is going to be on movie posters and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something yeah. witty. <laughs> he just goes, With something. With swear words in it. <laughs> he just says, something fucking witty. Punches a horse, <laughs> chops off a guy's arm, yeah. puts on a pair of sunglasses, credits roll, Rob's perfect movie. <laughs> Hey, I'm a clever guy. Fuck you, horse. Just punch, <laughs> just punches the horse. I would watch the shit out of that movie. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that Quentin Tarantino doesn't make movies just for you. Yeah, Quentin, we know you're listening. <laughs> we know you're a big fan. We, we know you love this podcast. <laughs> we know that, yeah, it's been affectionate all the times that I've quite... <laughs> openly dissed your work on this podcast don't listen to paddy quentin you know i'm a fan i I like your stuff but stop the bullshit make a big dumb fantasy epic go out on a last hurrah with a big long-haired guy with massive muscles chopping people up with an axe 
I mean, it's got to be Nicolas Cage. Well, Nicolas, no, Nicolas Cage will be the bad guy. He'll be oh, like the okay. evil sorcerer. So is, is he the one that punches the horse? No, no, no. It's still the good guy that punches the horse. Okay. So it's Nicolas Cage's horse that he punches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Punches Nicolas Cage's horse. Nicolas Cage does some weird magic. Nicolas Cage? <laughs> <laughs> does some weird magic. And then and then arms get chopped off. There, I've Sounds written good. I've written your treatment, Quentin. We've got we've got it. Cool we're me. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna fax it over to cool. you in your Hollywood office. Cool, cool me. We'll work it out. <laughs> yep. Look out for um, the horse puncher <laughs> coming. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. The horse puncher. Yep. Directed by Tar- Quentin Tarantino, starring Tarantino's Nicholas Hage. Yeah. Who's who's going to be the hero? Uh, well, the thing is that Jason Momoa was in the remake of Conan. Okay. And that okay. move that movie wasn't so good, but he was very good. And I'd like him to be He's given great. another I'd like him to be given another shot at it because Jason Momoa is awesome. He's extremely muscular. Yeah, so come on. The horse puncher, Jason Momoa, actually chopping people's arms off. None of this PG thirteen nonsense. Yep. Jason uh, Momoa is the horse puncher. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it works. It totally works. <laughs> I'm a cool dude. Fuck you, horse. Smash. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on posters up and down the bedrooms of teenagers up and down the land. Precisely, precisely. Yep. That's what we want. I can no longer form sentences, so I think this is where this episode ends. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> all right but thank you very much for listening we really really do appreciate it and hope you enjoyed it and that you guys enjoyed heathers we'll be um back next week to talk about ideal home if you want to you can get in touch with us on twitter at big boys don't pod or on email big boys don't cry podcast at gmail.com um you can find us obviously everywhere that you get podcasts everywhere the podcasts are if you don't if you don't subscribe please subscribe and get it every friday and leave us a rating or review wherever you get your pods because it'd be nice for you to give something back to us after we've come up with such awesome ideas as the horse puncher yeah come on guys you love us we love you give a little something back what's not to love precisely precisely all right bye bye bye